Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, a giant breaks in two, acquisitions in women's health, Medicare costs, rare approvals, more CRISPR, and a legacy. The views expressed on the Niche Podcast are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations or companies with which they are affiliated. After years of consolidation and consistent growth through the pandemic, we're beginning to note a sea change in big pharma. There have always been waves of organizations growing and then breaking apart into smaller pieces. For the last decade, it's been mostly consolidation. Johnson & Johnson has been the subject of speculation about a split for some time, but the rumors were never heavily substantiated until this week. The company has now announced the spinoff of a consumer health division that will be separated from their pharmaceuticals division. After years of growth, the 134,000-plus employee company has a market cap of $430 billion. A big portion of the value proposition in the split is to move the consumer division along with its operational pipelines, margins, and liabilities to a separate funnel from the pharmaceutical company's primary interest in drug and device development. This segmentation should improve focus and efficiencies while getting liabilities like a multi-billion dollar baby powder lawsuit away from pharma profits. It's important to remember this move is not coming in isolation. Roche and Novartis are disentangling, as we noted last week. Merck spun out Organon over the last year. Since many of these movements follow patterns, it won't be surprising to see more breakups of giants in the coming months. The hope is that these moves reposition bloated corporations into more focused, if still insanely large, institutions. Speaking of spinoffs, the Merck spinoff Organon has made another acquisition. The plan was always to take a leading role in women's health, so it's no big surprise to see more moves in that direction. Organon has announced they'll be purchasing Finland-based Ferendo Pharma for $75 million up front with up to $945 million in developmental and commercial milestones. Ferendo's lead product is a preclinical therapy for endometriosis. The often painful and potentially dangerous condition occurs when the uterine tissue grows outside the uterus, commonly in the fallopian tubes, ovaries, or even the intestines. Ferendo's therapy transforms estradone into estradiol. Evidence suggests this biochemical transformation with their therapy could primarily occur at the site of endometrial lesions, potentially decreasing the negative side effects associated with systemic estradiol therapies. While in early stages, this, along with Organon's other bets, seem to be long-term investments in a concerted direction. Their net profits are down in the meantime, but that's no surprise. Part of the planned spinoff was to cut some of the anticipated losses around current women's health products. I'd expect a continued string of thoughtful investments in the same direction by Organon over the next couple of years as they fill out their mid- to long-term pipeline. Medicare Part B saw a significant increase of over 14% this year. 
While the numbers may be small, the impact on seniors with a fixed income can be serious. Officials argue that the increases are offset by a larger increase in social security benefits for cost of living. The real question is, why the increase? Some have speculated that the potential dramatic cost increase with the rollout of Biogen's $56,000 per year Alzheimer's therapy out of home is to blame. Hard to imagine that explains the whole case when Biogen reported just $300,000 in sales last quarter. There are other Alzheimer's potentials in the pipeline, and perhaps Medicare is taking a guess that it's better start moving up the numbers now than face a big deficit next year. If a major Alzheimer's therapy does take off, even if it were a fraction of the cost of Aldohelm, it would likely have a significant impact on Medicare budgets. On the other hand, I doubt $35 a month will really change the math here. The FDA has approved Pharma Essentia Corporation's new therapy, sold as Bezremi, as an every-other-week injection to treat adults with polysynthemia vera. With less than 7,000 adults diagnosed with the condition each year in the United States, polysynthemia vera definitely counts as a rare disease. The condition causes an overproduction of red blood cells, resulting in thick blood that can clot and lead to death. Bezremi is an interferon therapy that appears to work by down-regulating red blood cell production and helping patients stabilize. Obviously, anytime you're re-regulating red blood cell production, there are risk factors. Stopping production too much results in thin blood. While Bezremi passes most checks, the data suggests it's certainly a therapy that requires monitoring patient to patient to maintain safety. But it means one more rare disease now has a meaningful treatment option. Ever heard of a little technology called CRISPR? Basically, every investor has. This week, Arbor Biotechnologies came out of stealth mode with an oversubscribed $250 million Series B to drive CRISPR technology targeting of liver and CNS diseases into the clinical pipeline. Now, Arbor has a lot going for them in shrinking CRISPR technologies to improve mechanisms of delivery. Most notably, they have a deal to sell one tiny CRISPR, Cas13D, over to Vertex. So maybe it's just one big happy CRISPR family, but Arbor is now pushing off to advance their own clinical pipeline. With lead candidates a good distance from clinical studies, $215 million may seem like a hefty raise. But with lots of industry-wide CRISPR opportunities, companies like Arbor may make a name just creating and licensing new molecular technologies. This week, the clinical research industry lost an important leader in a small plane crash on Thursday. Glenn DeVries was the 49-year-old co-founder of Medidata and a pioneer in modernizing clinical research. Glenn envisioned using technology to make clinical trials safer, more efficient, and more inclusive. Back in 1999, he co-founded Medidata and helped lead the company from venture to public and eventually to sell to Dassault Systems in 2018 for $5.8 billion. And while his career made him a name across the industry, he obtained global fame last month when he took off into space on a Blue Origin rocket beside William Shatner. I did not know Glenn personally. 
but I'm struck by something. Never in my life have I seen such an outpouring on LinkedIn when someone passes. Glenn had an impact on people. His vision, infectious smile, and life-to-the-fullest intensity seem to infuse every photograph, tribute, and quote I see. I'm so thankful for his pioneering work to drive innovation and technology in this industry. Moving the needle on clinical research is hard. There are so many stakeholders, so many systems to navigate, so many barriers to overcome. But my job and my career in many ways exist because of the work of Glenn and others whose vision said we can do clinical research better and we have made clinical research better and we will keep doing so together. I end today's show in silence in honor of his great contribution to our field and to the many lives he touched.